how do we get rid of aches and pains and empower ourselves to move confidently without medications or surgeries? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Eric Wallace of Modus RX Physical Therapy, and this is the Modus RX Audio Experience. So for tonight, why strength is necessary, but it's not enough. Um, so there is, there is something called the rate of force development. And, and really what it is, is it's uh, how quickly can somebody obtain the strength that they have? How quickly can somebody tap into the strength that they have? Now, in order to be able to improve that rate of force development, uh, you have to have a prerequisite strength, right? So it's very, very challenging through some of the studies they've done. It's very challenging for you to move fast or um, as we're going to talk a little bit here, you know, go through an athletic movement like the golf swing. It's hard to do that and tap into that fast if you don't have prerequisite strength. But just because you have the strength doesn't guarantee that you're going to be able to move fast. And really what we're talking about is power, right? What we're looking for with the golf swing is power. And the easy way to think of it is um, there's really two ways. I kind of prefer thinking of it as power is work produced uh, divided by time. So you need to have strength. Uh, Weeks four, three, four, and some of five you need to have that strength to produce a high amount of work. Um, but power is how quickly can that work, you know, how quickly can that work take place? So you divide that work amount by time that it takes. And if you have a high work production, but it takes you a while to do it, overall, that still doesn't give you a very high power, all right? Um, opposite way, which we'll talk about uh, in layman's terms in a second, but that is also to say, if you don't have a lot of strength production or you can't produce a lot of work, then the time that you have to do something is so, so quick and almost nearly impossible that it makes that equation kind of a moot point if you don't have that, uh, that top end or that work production. So this concept is basically uh, referring to our ability to create power in the golf swing um, rapidly. So, uh, I'm sorry, create strength in the golf swing rapidly. So you have to be able to to develop power. You have to be able to tap into a decent amount of strength in a timely fashion or in a rapid fashion. So there is, just for frame of reference, there is some, um, this is as as science as I'm going to get tonight, I promise. There is some studies that will show it takes the typical human 500 milliseconds to tap into their full strength potential. But the golf swing takes place, uh, the downswing and the transition takes place in less than 300 milliseconds. So you can see where just having strength uh, doesn't always get us where we need to go because you need to be able to tap into that relatively quickly. Uh, and a good way of thinking about it is this strength speed curve here. So if all, you know, power is kind of sitting here right, right in the middle, right? And we want this power to be up, if you can see my pointer, we want this power to be somewhere up here as far as possible, um, you know, basically as far away from this lower uh, left point. So if all we do is train strength, you know, that gets us high force, but we don't get high velocity. And if all we do is train speed, but we don't have that maximal strength, then obviously we're producing uh, good speed, but we're not producing high force. So we want that power, we want the combination when we're thinking about a complete program for golf, especially for golf, right? So it'd be a little bit different than 
uh, powerlifting or bodybuilding or something like that. But for golf, we want to be training strength and we want to be tra uh, training speed and we want a healthy combination so that that power is as far away from this lower left um, spot as, as possible. All right. And this is a graph taken from Stronger Golf. Um, there's a there's a performance specialist who does some really, really good stuff and uh, take a fair amount of my research from. So again, plainly put, uh, to put this simply, and we'll, we'll put this to bed and, and kind of get right into the logistics of, of what type of things you're going to be working on. Um, so if power equals work uh, divided by time, meaning the more work or the less time, or ideally a combination of both, the higher the power, um, we need to be able to produce a relatively amount of high work and do it in as short of time as possible. And that is uh, power optimized, right? So if we can produce as high amount of work as possible uh, in a short amount of time as possible, then that's gonna give us the most power, the most bang for our buck, that's power optimized. Again, if all we do is speed and we don't have a high amount of work, then it's, it's gonna be really, really challenging. The speed that you need to be able to get to is so fast that we're not, we're not sure it's humanly possible. So we work on the strength first, work on that maximal force production, and then we focus on speed. And that's what we're gonna to do tonight. So how do we improve power through speed? Well, a common term that gets thrown around a lot is plyometrics, right? So that ballistic kind of quick, quick response off the ground, um, quick action type moves. I know it's, it's interesting to say, but this is where the misconception is for a lot of people training for golf. If you are working on cardio, uh, getting on a bike, getting on a treadmill, and you're going for 30, 45 minutes, and you haven't done anything else, strength or speed work, uh, you're, really, you're really missing the boat on what actually happens in golf. Now you need, if you're gonna walk 18, you need some sort of endurance and, and cardiovascular output for sure. But that's not what the typical individual is lacking. The typical individual is lacking strength, and then they're definitely lacking the ability to produce strength quick. So um, even things like, I know one of the, the advisory members at Titles Performance Institute, they actually say, you know, what they'll start with in, in terms of how to improve speed is just plain old sprinting, right? So taking a 40-yard dash, 30-yard dash, 50, 50 meter, and, and saying, uh, get good at doing it as quickly as you can, even if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s. So obviously we have to be safe. We have to screen people and make sure they're ready for things like that. But it gives you an idea of the goal is to move as fast as possible for a short period of time. That's what the golf swing is. So you walk to your next shot, five minutes, whatever, and then it's maximal force production. And then you get around the green and maybe it's not maximum anymore. But those first couple of shots on most holes, it's explosive, quick uh, force production. Okay. So we want our body to get used to that. We want our central nervous system to get used to that. So first thing is explosive use of the legs. And this is where, you know, you can, you can basically look at two, three, and four, and they're great. We're going to go over them. But most of us, if all we did was number one here, uh, we would be again, so far ahead of what other people are working on. And this is just the foundation. Golf swing starts from the ground, how we use our legs, how we interact with the ground. If you can't do that, kind of missing the boat on a lot of other things. And so this is almost the prerequisite when I start working on speed with our golfers. So we'll go into some uh, examples here in a second, but jumping, you can add some jumping in terms of going straight up and down. You can add jumping in terms of going side to side. You can add jumping and leaving the ground in terms of rotation. 
sprinting we talked about, uh, triple extension drills, is anything where you go from, you know, a squat pattern or multiple joints are flexed and then you go to standing up. All of those things are really good in terms of teaching you how to use the ground. In terms of rotational, we do a lot of med ball work, medicine balls. So, um, you know, one of the best things to do is take a lighter medicine ball, you know, four or six pounds, uh, depending on body size, maybe we'll work up to eight or 10. And you are just different variations. We'll go over again here in a bit, but you're just seeing how quickly can you get that ball out of your hands in a rotational fashion? How far can you, you know, throw the ball? How much force can you produce into the wall rotationally? Um, and with a lot of the rotation stuff, as we talk about with uh, med ball and with the speed sticks in a second, you want to be working both directions. Okay, and I'll get into why, uh, why they talk about that in a second here. Upper body plyometrics. Yes, just because it's arms and hands doesn't mean that you can't do plyometrics as well. So uh, very, very straightforward. We kind of try to take our push and our pull ex uh, examples and we add some speed to them. And there's very easy ways to do that to try to get the upper body going. I think I talked in the strength section about the um, bench press, right? So the pressing movement in any capacity is a very, very big predictor for club head speed in terms of the upper body. So we want to at least be doing something ballistic and, and rapid, uh, you know, quick action wise with the upper body. And then uh, specific speed training. So not a lot of stuff that I've done has really looked like the golf swing, but from a speed standpoint, it would behoove us to actually work on swinging faster. Um, there's a lot of skepticism and again, the, the, the golf gurus, swing instructors and everything, you get into the idea of club head speed and people, there's a little bit of a misconception with it. So when we work on speed training, and we're looking at people pump out 125 miles per hour, 130 miles per hour, which are big numbers on club head speed. But they're not doing it with the, the necessary intent that when they actually get driver in their hand in a tournament situation, they're gonna swing as hard as they can for 130, right? But what it does is it makes their cruising speed automatically a little bit higher. So if you get really good at swinging with intent and with purpose as hard as you can in a training situation, then when you actually go to the course, your normal, you know, comfortable, not swinging out of my shoes, balanced swing, all of that stuff, as long as you're using the ground, um, you're automatically, your, your new cruising speed is going to be higher. So you're, you're still not swinging out of your shoes and you're still not coming out of balance and you're still not changing a lot of things in terms of the mechanics or the technique. But now that club head speed is automatically higher because you've, you've raised your normal cruising speed. So that's where the specific speed training principles, you can kind of, um, you know, kill some of those misconceptions of those myths that we're trying to train as fast as we can, because when we get to the tee box, we're going to swing as hard as we can. That's not exactly what the point of it is. Now, if you watched Bryson last weekend, um, <laughs> he maybe missed the memo on that and uh, still somehow stayed on plane, stayed accurate and was hitting 340 plus. So, um, some of us that have good hand-eye coordination, we can do both. We can swing out of our shoes and be strong enough to handle it and still keep our timing right. But that's why he's on PJ Tour and, and most of us are not. Thank you for listening to the Modus RX audio experience. If you would like more information on how to run through a pain to performance transformation in your life, then please go to our website, modusrx.com. That's M-O-T-U-S-R-X.com. 
and there you can find free guides and helpful information to help you live a healthier, more active lifestyle. And until next time, this is Eric Wallace, and this is the Modus RX Audio Experience.